Welcome, this is Kev Betts off of Run Things, and uh, welcome to our first ever Run Things, uh, I'm going to say podcast, but really a couple of people talking about uh, probably really random stuff. Can I swear? Can I say shit? Yeah, you can say Great, shit. Great, okay. Random shit. Um, so, I want to tell you a little bit about uh, why we're doing this and what we intend to do with these chats as well, whilst Claire films me or, or does something. Um, so... Our podcasts are going to be 15-minute uh, conversations with the intention that you, uh, if anyone ever listens to this, will learn about normal people, find out more about what makes people tick, um, but specifically about why they exercise, how it's good for their mental health, um, and uh, kind of what they do and why they do it as well. Um, we're going to see how they go. Uh, I don't have scripts or anything like that. Um, and really, I just want to dive in and, and see what people um, are actually like. Now, that might mean that these podcasts end up as happy or sad or give uh, stories of pain or hope or just pure lulls. Um, and with that in mind, uh, today is a conversation with my uh, business partner. Um, <laughs> Why didn't you say it like Ex-friend, now business partner, Claire, who... Uh, Hopefully still friend. Who is my other um, heart. Shut up, I haven't asked you questions yet. Um, so uh, I'm going to ask her a, a bunch of different questions and we're going to find out what makes her tick um, and also how the hell we manage to keep some sort of business going um, in the stuff that Run Things does. Um, so what I'm going to do, first of all, is ask you a few really simple questions, okay? Um, you've got to be honest, obviously. Okay. Uh, so uh, what's your name? Claire. Yeah, Claire what? <laughs> Claire Rickson. Brilliant. Um, that's <laughs> Claire with no I, okay? So it's C-L-A-R-E. Those of you that email us and put an I in there, you know how furious she gets at that as well, by the way. Um, okay, so Claire Rickson, uh, age? 31. Okay, real age though. You look a lot older, come on. <laughs> 31. Right. <laughs> Tough paper rounds. Uh, where do you live? Worthing. Worthing on the sunny south coast. Seaside town. Have you always lived in Worthing? No, I have not. Mm, tell us more. <laughs> um, I was born in Kent uh, in uh, a place called Seven Oaks and then I lived in Hove for a while, uh, lived in America for about six years um, and then ended up back in Worthing. Okay, so uh, back in Worthing. Well, in hi. Worthing for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> You're crap at geography. So I could say I lived in America for three years. Then when I came back from America, I moved to Worthing. Then I moved back to America for another three years. But that seemed like a, a long story that people probably wouldn't care about. Yeah, so, they've already um, stopped listening. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. We should move. And what's on. your job? I, I have the world's most random job, I think, a, a job that you wouldn't know existed unless you did it, which is um, I am an incident manager for a water company, which means that I plan for um, when things go wrong and then fix them, uh, but not fix them in terms of going out and turning valves and things like that, more kind of mobilising people and kit and managing logistics to to fix fix you, problems you try and fix them don't you don't always <laughs> try and fix problems yeah. which is my life's work yes yeah. try and get other people to fix problems <laughs> standard desk jockey everyone yeah um so <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about exercise um because what we want our listeners or what i want our listeners to find out from these things is that normal people do great stuff 
Um, and also that normal stuff can be great as well. So uh, I want to kind of dive into who you are and what makes you who you are. And also I'd like to talk a little bit about how we met and, and the stuff that we do as well. Um, before that though, just tell me why you run. What, why did you start running and when did you start running? So um, the kind of when I started running is, is a bit of a, a tricky one to answer because I sort of dabbled in a bit of exercise um, throughout my kind of teenage years and then into my 20s. Um, but essentially I probably, when I kind of clock starting running was when I started to train for Brighton Marathon um, and that was in 2014. Um, so that was probably when it all all kind of kicked off so you signed up for a marathon before becoming a runner i did that yes that sounds like the kind of stupid thing you do actually um why do you run so you started running uh not long ago a few Mm. years um why did you start running and why do you run now are they one in the same uh they probably merge into one in the same um i started running I guess, or or I had a, a goal to run a marathon um, off the back of suffering um, a quite bad depression through my late teens into early 20s. Um, and for the longest time, I was so ashamed of, of that. Um, and I wanted to use something physical to kind of tell that story and change the narrative around it so that I no longer felt ashamed of it and and I in fact felt proud of it and I wanted to prove kind of how strong and powerful I actually was. Um, So that's probably why I started. Um, Why I run now is to continually prove to myself that I I am strong and capable and can keep going uh, when things kind of get in my way on an almost daily basis, it seems. Um, so <laughs> to manage manage my, my brain, I guess, is, is the answer to both of those questions. For those of you out there listening to this, uh, in any of our conversations ever before, Claire's never used the term narrative. Um, she's trying to sound smart. <laughs> um, okay, so you say you started running uh, because of a depression and you felt uh, almost uh, stigmatised for that, or you felt like you were stigmatising yourself? I think I didn't talk about it to allow myself to be stigmatised. So I couldn't tell you if there was a stigma there or not, because I kept it to myself, I right. mean, pretty much, apart from my family, who are obviously well aware of what went on. Um, nobody else knew, because I, I think I created a stigma for it. I was ashamed of it. Okay. And did you decide to run a marathon in the future, but at that time when you had the depression, or was it only looking back on it when you had treatment or sought some sort of help that you then wanted to do it in homage to... Look at me, homage. Language. (laughs) Big words. Um, To to the depression. Uh, I think I... It was definitely looking back at the time. I, I don't think I could think anything, let alone, you know, what I'd want to do to kind of commemorate the, <laughs> the, the memory of, of being Celebrate massively... Celebrate misery. Yeah, massively suicidal. But, um, yeah, so it was definitely afterwards. And I think it's just physical strength is something that's so visible to people mm. and kind of mental weakness. I don't want to call it weakness because I don't really think it is that, but it's the best word I can think of at the moment. Um mental weakness is so blind people can't see it they can't touch it and so it's very alien to them so there's something quite poetic about kind of doing it that way around I think for me 
I think one of the things that um, I've realised in all the time that I've been doing this stuff, and this should be about you, but now I'm making it about me because I'm Classic, much more Kim. much more interesting <laughs> than you are, is that the language that we use, in, in my opinion, is often kind of fraught with all these sorts of dangers of how people might interpret it. Oh, good, and yeah. I think sometimes it stops people from from kind of verbalising actually how they feel um, for fear of then making other people feel bad or wrong or stuff like that it's, it's quite difficult mm. anyway back to you um i'm really lucky because i as far as i'm aware i've, I've had down times but i've never back to me but i've never <laughs> suffered depression or anxiety this is a counseling session for you Kim. or uh, <laughs> spent a lot of money on those in the past or um or any mental illness like i said as far as i'm aware what's depression what's it like and are there stages does it change or is it just a thing I think um, I think if we ask that question a thousand times over, we get a thousand different answers, and I think that's exactly what it is. It, it's a unique um, experience, uh, and for me, it was very much. Um, it wasn't sadness um, or you know feeling upset or hurt or anything like that. For me, it was a it was a distinct lack of emotion. Um, it was feeling nothing towards anyone uh, or anything. Um, out of nowhere so being an extremely emotional person uh, <laughs> as you're well aware um, that feeling of, of of nothing of not caring for anyone or anything especially myself and quite a lot of blame um, around that because I became nothing to anyone I, I was nothing in your head or literally no literally and physically um, just wasted into nothingness because I just lost that sense of reality I guess of what was important and who I was and where I was and yeah when when nothing is important to you anymore it's quite a scary place what stopped be. it what pulled you back up uh in reality I, I didn't get pulled back up and until I tried to die um that was the first time that I was aware of what I'd, where I was uh, and what I'd done because I was unsuccessful in that, um, yeah, in trying to, to kill myself. So um, at that point was when I got help from professionals um, and when I started to exercise more um, and when I started to learn about what I was going through as I sort of said before I, I didn't talk about it because I, I didn't I was so ashamed of, of that time of my life so I, I researched it I did a lot of stuff for me to try and pull myself out of that but did you seek the help or did the help kind of uh, force itself on you in some way in the best possible way, obviously, because you're still here and yay. Yay. <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have earned any money from you. <laughs> um, so when you try to commit suicide and you are unsuccessful and you end up in hospital, uh, help is forced upon you at that point in time. Um, so it, in my case, it was, it was forced and I think it had to be because I don't think I would have been receptive to it if it wasn't. Um, and I had an incredible doctor, the NHS, uh, I don't know if this is still the same, but at that 
period in time could only give you six weeks worth of therapy after a failed suicide attempt, which seems madness because people respond in different ways. And when you make a connection to a therapist and then rip that away, that that seems totally insane to me. Um, insane, brilliant. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so my therapist actually stayed on with me for 10 weeks and I won't let you know what his name is because then he could potentially get fired, I assume, for, for doing that. But um, 10 weeks got me to a place where I could then go and see someone else and, and help manage my depression on my own. It's probably best not to go into the politics and the state of the NHS and stuff like that. Maybe it's a conversation for the future um, with any of our listeners who might be working in the NHS or see firsthand that sort of stuff. I guess we'll go into that. And also, we're talking about really miserable stuff, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, um, we should move on from... Well, not yet, because <laughs> I want to ask you if you're still depressed. <laughs> so, oh, are you still depressed, Claire? I always say that I will always be... I will always have depression as a part of me. I don't think it's 100% a curable thing. And, and I actually think of mental health on on a bit of a sliding scale that we're all always somewhere on that, whether that's positive mental health or, or negative mental health, and, and that that's just the way the human race is. I don't think... It, it's not something like a, a broken leg or the flu where, you know, you take this and you do this for this amount of time and, and you'll be fixed. I constantly have to manage my ability to fall back into depression, I guess is the way I'd say that. You watch this segue now. Right. Oh. Yeah, because you're talking about management of your depression, and I know that you exercise <laughs> oh. to help it. Like it? Like yeah, it. thanks. Classy. So, what does running do for your brain or your mind or your personality or whatever it is that it kicks into gear? Running makes everything manageable. It makes me <laughs> manageable. I think um, running is such a freedom. Um, it's a release of everything. Uh, it it takes away. It takes me away from my own thought process and allows me space to either figure something out or not figure something out. And that being okay, it's something that I can do completely on my own, which I think is really important for me um, in the management of my depression. And um, you had depression, you didn't say. <laughs> Um, how <laughs> this is so inappropriate um, does it ever do the opposite does does running or exercise ever push you beyond uh, the good part and in, back into any sort of depressive feelings definitely um, especially kind of post marathon is always a hard time for me um, because you get the post marathon sort of blues if if you will, uh, whoever you are, probably. But I think if you've got a kind of depressive narrative, narrative again, there you go, yeah. um, in your brain, it, it kind of triggers that, or it does for me anyway. You keep using the word marathon, and, and you're a marathon runner. You've run quite a few of them, and you've done pretty well. Why the marathon, then? Why do you keep saying that? Why is it not just a 10k or a half? Because I'm really interested that people see the marathon as the pinnacle, and that's kind of what I'm getting from you. I mean, I'm not slagging you off, but basically I am. Um, I'm just going to blow my nose as well. Oh, so. lovely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think... Um, I don't think the marathon is the pinnacle. I think it's just what I train for, therefore that's what I refer it to. If you are always training for 10Ks or 5Ks or halves or 100 milers or, 
you know, whatever, or bike rides, or you would use that. It's just, it's my constant, so that's why I and use it. And I guess it. it was the first thing as well. That was the first goal. Yes. So it therefore sits in a comfortable place and is your first baby in a weird way. Yeah, yeah, and it's, um, it's, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Interesting. Um, I haven't talked about me for ages, so <laughs> I, I want to ask some questions. Um, what do you love about me? No, um, how did we meet? Tell, tell people how you and I met. So I ran the Brighton Marathon. Did you not? Did you? (laughs) I'm not not a marathon. When was that? When did you? (laughs) I want to say, see, I'm going to get confused now. I think it was 2015. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 2015, I ran a marathon. Marathon. Keep saying it. Um, And afterwards, I wanted to run another one, Um, but I wanted to run it better. And I'd seen that you had been working with the Brighton and London marathon runners leading up to training um, and I also saw that you were local to me so I contacted you and said hey do you want to how did you find out did you stalk me you stalked me didn't you <laughs> I don't think I stalked you I think you kind of mentioned where you're from and stuff right. when you talk at these events you should really you know not give your address out with your name when you <laughs> I do like to talk at events <laughs> yeah. and just talk okay so we met a few years ago um I know I started PTing you, with the idea being that we just got you through the marathon. And you did well. You got a PB by how far? Oh. Or how long? Because far is a distance. Far is a distance. Yeah. I should have, like, swatted up on my stats, shouldn't I? I ran my first marathon in 4.47-ish, I think, and the second one in... It's just about quarter to five, isn't it? <laughs> in... I think it was 4.17, so probably about half an hour. About half an hour. So almost, well, just over a minute a mile, which is pretty impressive. What made you faster? And I'm not looking for plaudits, honestly. <laughs> Apart from training with me, what made you a faster runner? Because that's it's a big time. Um, I think um, probably training with you. Let's get that out of the way. Kev's a, a good PT, everyone. Um, and also just knowing the nature of the beast, what I was up against being a little bit more confident in myself, a um, bit smarter through training, I think, all of those kind of things. I think that distance does scare the bejesus out of people, doesn't it? Yeah, but it's kind of... I think everything does until you do it, and then mm. you do it and you think, oh, that's not half as bad as what I thought it was going to be. No, exactly. And also, you know, you have to add context to things, and you realise that your first half marathon seems absolutely petrifying until you do your first marathon or you sign up for it and then a half you realise is just half of the way that you're going to go so arguably if you look towards an ultra then a marathon just becomes a training run in a weird way yeah yeah definitely and you know you hear about so many people who wake up and they just run a marathon a day because that's kind of their life I think it's just whatever you get used to you know the body and mind can do amazing things so yeah I think I realized that um back in 2011 when I me Kevin Betts at 52 marathon man when I ran a marathon every week for the year I realized the hardest part was the mental bit actually getting out of bed and going and doing it because physically you know you can cover that distance yeah but mentally that that turmoil of going through the same thing because four hours five hours however long a marathon takes is is just for me, mind-numbing and and can be really kind of mentally challenging. I 
have no idea how you manage to run a marathon every week for a whole year. That's insane. Yeah, I am a hero um, for a lot of people. <laughs> as it but goes. 2011 was a long time yeah, ago, was, so yeah, yeah. you should probably I do something a, a bit. <laughs> but I, I think as well that, um, you know, so I, me, Kevin, um, I PT, uh, or don't PT, I, I work with the charity Mind and, and I'm their PT for the London and Brighton Marathon Runners. And the vast majority of people that I talk to there, the people who are kind of seeking my help out and plans from me and stuff, are first timers. And they get a you know, a good plan from someone who kind of knows what he's doing ish. But they get, you know, however long, sixteen or twenty weeks of emotional support. Mm. And I think that's where the value comes in knowing other runners and working with other runners, is they know what you're going through, whereas your friends and family might not. And you were the first in your friendship group and family to to become a runner I guess yeah yeah I yeah it's quite unusual for everyone that I now am the person that I am I think yeah me too <laughs> and your mum and dad are runners now yeah yeah my my dad's awesome and well as is my mum my mum's just starting <laughs> out but... my dad's awesome my mum average but... <laughs> average runner just starting out she's doing great and I think I could probably convince my sister to do it as well but maybe maybe not yeah I mean mm. I don't want to start um kind of weirdly blowing off your family um but your, it's your, odd sentence yeah well let me finish <laughs> but your sister like might not be a runner but when we did the worthing half a couple of weeks ago she was there giving out the medals yeah and it's not like she did it because you were running she, you didn't even know she was doing it until she was handing out medals yeah. so running becomes a thing for everyone even if you're not a runner and you know everyone knows about park runner at least they should do but that sense of community and that grouping of people is what makes it special, right? Yeah, my mum and dad are, are basically Mr and Mrs Worthing Parkrun. So if you haven't been to Worthing Parkrun yet and you, you turn up there, my mum will be volunteering pretty much every week and my dad's running it every week and they are kind of the life and soul of it, which is amazing. Mm. Um, being as probably before I started running, that that would never have been their, their thing, I don't think. It kind of becomes contagious. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah, it's like flu, but without the snot. Yeah, I mean, there's quite yeah, a lot of... This is going that. nowhere, is it? <laughs> Should we move on? Yeah, let's... Okay, brilliant. Let's um, so I've got a few more questions, because this 15-minute podcast is 19 minutes and 48 seconds. That's right, I'm going to edit out most of the bits when yeah, you're like, sneezing and coughing. Yeah, I'm unwell. Um, so we, we talked about us and how we met and that sort of thing. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about us before I move on to some other little bits about you. Um, so we're business partners, which is weird because this came about because uh, we wanted to do something to give back to people in 2017. Um, and we put on this event called Marathon in the Day and it raised, I don't know, maybe a thousand pounds for Mind or something like that. And we realised that we started working with this awesome group of runners and then we kind of put on another event which absolutely took off, which was the run-up to Christmas. And it became this really special thing where 2000, was it, or something, in first year? Yeah, yeah, it was about 2000. 2000 people signed up and raised a shit ton of money for Mind. But more than that, these people became friends and met and we got really cool stories from people. We've also had some, like, excruciatingly sad stories from people and messages about how our events have helped them and how they've you know, had tough lives. 
And that kind of inspired me to want to do this sort of podcast, to, to hear not just other people's misery, but other people's hope and joy and what they've gotten out of exercise and how it helps them. Mm. And also to, to help them to share and for other people to listen, maybe as you're running, something like that. And then obviously we had to formalise the business because we realised as a couple of people who didn't have a clue what was going on, um, we needed help. <laughs> Whether, whether that's <laughs> actual business help. help or therapeutic help. <laughs> yeah. um, and that then became this. Um, what made you want to do it? Because we both, I'm, I'm blowing smoke up our asses here, but we both do this in our spare times. We both actual got actual proper jobs that are fairly serious. Yeah. And this takes loads of our time up. Um, I know why I do it, but you know, this isn't about me. Um, <laughs> why do you do it? Why do you work with me of all people? Because I must piss you off. Yeah, yeah, you do. Good, yeah. Thanks, mate. <laughs> no, um, I just, I, I love it. You know, I have to do a proper job because um, I have to pay my my bills. I I I don't have to do this, but I love it. It gives me so much because I think there's so many incredible people out there who, you know, just want to. A support mind, B support each other, uh, and three just be... <laughs> <laughs> A B three. <laughs> yeah, I, I do that on purpose. Um, yeah, just kind of be involved with something that's a bit more than just them. You know, be a part of something that's a bit bigger, and and that's what it is for me. Um, I love interacting on social media with all of our runners. I love seeing their amazing stories. I love hearing about all of their lives and challenges and everything they've gone through. And um, so that's why I do it. I mean, the fact that I do it with you is just because of convenience, really, that you mm. live around the corner. And we have, <laughs> we have a similar, you know, similar idea about, about life and where we want to take this business, I guess. So, um, those are the, the positives about you. Yeah, we've got to use the term business really loosely because neither of us have a clue what we're doing. Oh, we're totally out of our depth in all sorts of ways. But I think actually that's a brilliant thing because if we can get something off the ground, which I think we have done, that's successful and supporting people and helping people and helping mind and uh, and everything else that, that we kind of do, you know, that's incredible. We're, we're two people who know, very, you know, fairly little about anything i like that you changed very to fairly then. <laughs> i don't want to sweet FA. <laughs> about life the way i see it um because we're so now we're this proper limited company mm. but you know we're just two people doing this but if someone like mike ashley can do it and that guy's a first class knob then surely we can do business right? i mean are we are we just calling people first class knobs or oh. Could you edit that out? <laughs> I don't think I, that's probably slanderous. And I can't be using Run Things Money to do that. But definitely take that bit out. Um, so aside from the business and uh, the stuff we do, and we've obviously got the Run Club, um, which I'm going to talk about at the end, so we're not going to mention. Oh, but I'm so excited by it. I know. Uh, and me too. And so are the 66 people that have signed up so far. Come join our club. <laughs> I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Um, I want to go back to the the you stuff. Um, oh no! Yeah, well, kind of, but they're quick fire questions, and and they're not about what makes you uh, depressed either. Oh, good. Um, in three words, I want you to explain the feeling that exercise gives you. Quick fire. Oh, I'm not good quick at quick. Fire-ish. Um, 
free, happy, um, strong. What gets you out the door? Okay, can I tell her this isn't gonna be quick fire? Go for it. <laughs> I'll drink some more of my beer while you. So, I actually have a real hard time getting out the door. Believe it or not, love running. Your head won't fit. Think it's <laughs> amazing, um, but I convince myself almost daily that I don't need it. I shouldn't do it. It's you know stupid. So I have a rule, which is that I just ever have to run, or at the moment, cycle or swim, triathlon doing one didn't know if i mentioned that <laughs> um, you didn't mention it actually. claire's doing an iron person everyone <laughs> um yeah so i just have to get out the door for five minutes if after five minutes i feel totally shit and i'm having a terrible time i can turn around and come home and that's my little deal with myself and i go through it every single day and i never turn around and come home that's smart right i do that with food yeah so food is my exercise in that um i love it and uh, sometimes I eat too much. So I give myself a rule, right, where I eat half the amount of food that I think I want to eat. And then once I've finished, I give myself 10 minutes. And if after 10 minutes I'm still hungry, then I'll go and eat the rest of the food. Oh, nice. But if I'm not hungry, which usually I'm not, then I don't have to eat it. Yeah. And therefore I'm not massive. Yeah. Which is great, because it makes me run faster. See, we've got the same same sort of rules going same, on. Same, same, but different. Yeah, I'll try and be more quick fire now. Yeah. Um, well, I've not got many more questions, so I'll have to make some up. Um, who inspires you? Give, give me some people, whether they are people that we uh, have associations with, you have associations with. I want you to go outside of family, um, because that's obvious. Mm. You know, your dad is incredible, your mum is bang average. We know that now. <laughs> so, Gah, I'm who, sorry, mum. I love you. Um, I didn't mean it like that. Who does inspire you or, you know, who do you... Yeah, no, let's go for inspiration first. So I think I... Well, it might be unusual, it might not be. Um, I'm inspired by, like, people who are just sort of starting out on their journeys. I find those stories way more inspiring than um, kind of, you know, famous runners who are brilliant at their craft and, and everything else. So, for example... Um, my my friend uh, has just started swimming and she came to her first session with me and I kind of just was like, yeah, yeah, it'll be fine, you'll be fine. And, and she sort of really struggled in that first session. Anyway, she's come every twice a week, every week for the last kind of four or five weeks. And now last week she actually led our lane for like a few of the drills that we were doing. And I think that's incredible. And that inspires me way more than... I don't know, watching kind of... I don't know what leading a lane means. I imagine you're <laughs> Ursula and she's the little mermaid and you're like swimming after her. Yeah, a bit like that. A bit like that. So uh, people, yeah, I'm inspired by people who are starting out on whatever their little journey might be and um, seeing those improvements and working really hard. So. so you don't want to name any names of people? No, I feel like I don't want to be like, oh, definitely you and not you. That's harsh. Not even me. <laughs> you don't want to... Because I've just been hinting. Oh, so I'm really inspired by Kevin Betts. Oh, don't. Stop um, it. Okay, no, I'm going to name someone because this happened today um, and she'll be mortified. But um, my friend Katie, Katie Eakins, uh, she basically has been training for her Boston qualifier for um, 
a while. She has been doing her world marathon majors. And today she ran a 27-minute PB in Tokyo to run a 3-hour 12 marathon, which is incredible. Wow. So, um, shout out. she gave. She worked with me. <laughs> I, I think she's doing fine, just on her own. <laughs> but, yeah, shout out to Katie. So she inspires me. Yeah. Katie, if you are the one person that's listening to this, um, that, that's incredible. Absolutely incredible. And in Tokyo, too, which is uh, brilliant. So outside of the inspiration thing, who do you look to for uh, running respite? Um, other runners, but not about running. You know, people sort of make you lol or give you poignant stories or, you know, that sort of thing. Who have you looked at and gone, that person's incredible? They might run a little bit, but I'm, I'm but, not me this time. <laughs> you... It's embarrassing. If you say me every time. <laughs> um, no, I do find you quite funny, actually. So uh, you're you're one of those peeps. Um, Peeps. <laughs> yeah. Don't ever use that word again. Why not? I just feel like this podcast is going to be you making fun of me all the time. 30 minutes uh, in. I know, and we should really shut up soon. Um, I don't know, I feel like that's an unfair question of me right now. Okay. <laughs> um, so nobody makes you laugh. Basically, you hate everyone. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. That's absolutely <laughs> fine. Uh, and then finally, because uh, we are going to wrap it up... Um, what are your goals? Oh, um, Let's just go over, say, the next couple of years. I don't want to know your 50-year plan. You'll be dead in 50 years. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not making it that far. Um, so I'm currently training for an Ironman. It's going pretty terribly. Iron person. Iron person. Um, so I'd like to finish that. May or may not happen um, as the first goal. Uh, I, and that's what? the outlaw. That's the in outlaw. Nottingham. In Nottingham. Why that one? Why not an official one? Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure, and I'm not saying this for all the sympathy of uh, you're brilliant, you'll be great. Um, I think that'd be empathy rather than sympathy, anyway. I'm not a hundred percent sure that I'm going to make it to the start line. So right. selling, you know, my house and uh, putting all my money to the Iron Man. You know, Will you still get an Iron Man um, tattoo, even no. though it's not an official Iron Man? Will you get the little I and the M? No, I don't think I'd ever get a sports-related tattoo. Oh. Sorry if anyone's got one. <laughs> <laughs> you did not navigate that well. Yeah, but it's just not my thing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, goals. Iron Man, Iron Person, unofficial Iron Person. Um, then I'd like to just... Uh, enjoy kind of training again I'd like to Boston qualify at some point in time but I just want to keep being fit and healthy really Boston qualifying is a big one for a lot of people isn't it oh it's huge it's absolutely huge my problem with Boston is that it's always the day after Brighton and I love doing Brighton I don't understand why you just don't commit more and fly out on a plane straight after Brighton I tried I tried that this year yeah um but they wouldn't allow it you have to collect your number yourself for Boston um, like okay, if Boston Marathon is listening yeah. to our podcast... <laughs> no one's going to be listening. I don't think Boston will. Can you please let Kev... Should I slag them off like I slagged off Mike <laughs> Ashley? <laughs> um, yeah, but if you're listening, Kev would like to run both Brighton yeah. and Boston, so please make Because I actually me. have run a Boston qualifier, so... You, you run stupidly fast. We'll podcast no, you a different day on how to run really fast. Okay, um, and then finally... Um, if you've got some advice, 
one piece of advice, one sentence, please, because I'm bored of your voice. Mm, me too. About um, why somebody who isn't a runner should start to run. What would it be? Your cat's at your microphone. <laughs> yeah, cat just jumped on the table um, right at the wrong time. Um, what would my one bit of advice be? Um, I think it would be that it will be hard at first, but stick with it because it's definitely worth it. If at first you don't succeed, don't try again in the future. That was someone else's advice, so I think just that was paraphrased Homer Simpson, it. wasn't it? <laughs> Okay, uh, so that's Claire. Um, Thanks, guys. I, I could honestly talk to Claire for an awful long time about all this stuff, and jokes aside, um, she's an absolute pleasure to work with, um, and it pains me to say that. Mm. And run things wouldn't be run things without her because, um, well, I'm technologically inept for a start, and we wouldn't have a website and stuff. Um, I don't. If you've stumbled across this and you don't follow us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, we are at We Are Run Things, all one word. Um, someone already had Run Things, so uh, follow us. Um, we have our uh, our races uh, that aren't races, virtual events, uh, marathon in a day, the run up to Christmas, and run around the world, which will all be happening again this year. Um, and also we have our new initiative, which is the Run Things Run Club. Now, the Run Club is our way of growing a group of people. I hate the word community for a lot of reasons. Um, so we try not to use the word community. So uh, maybe we should be cool and use the term posse. Oh, no. No? no. If you've got a speech impediment, that could go really dangerously <laughs> as well. It's uh, a so, terrible word. Uh, group, of, group of runners, our Run Club... Um, has has kind of begun taking memberships and it's going to start on May the 1st um, and it's for absolutely everybody and basically it's a group of people who we want to uh, to be a part of um, kind of a dynamic and different and interesting and supportive group um, it's it's really cheap it'll cost you just over two quid a month to be a part of it um, so for 25 quid um, you get a year's membership uh, you get a free run club t-shirt or vest I mean, it's not free because it's 25 quid, but it comes as part of your package. Um, you also uh, will get partner discounts and coaching information, training plans, access to a physio and stuff like that. But it's all virtual because we believe that um, a running club doesn't have to be a physical group of people that meets up. Some of you might not feel um, like you could do that. You might have anxiety or agoraphobia um, or just be scared shitless about um, thinking that people in physical running clubs are, are really fast and you won't be um, kind of able to keep up. To be clear, that's not true at all. And we recommend loads of physical running clubs and we do recommend you go to one. Um, and if you're already a member of one, you can still be a member of our club too. Um, we will always support our runners. We absolutely love you guys. And that's why we're putting the run club on at cost price, basically, so that we can really grow that sense of, oh God, community um, and get people going. Um, so, so that's that. So please do spread the word about it. Um, we will hopefully be interviewing more people um, and having more conversations like this. I promise that they won't be 36 minutes and 40 seconds long. 
I'm um, going to edit this one quite a lot, right. so we'll cut it down. So, so all of those people that we interview will probably be more boring than Claire anyway, so they might be like 15 minutes uh, long. Not um, at all, not But at all. we would like your suggestions as well, so get in touch with us. You can email us at info at runthings.co.uk or you can just tweet us, Instagram us. Oh, no, it's on a timer. I've just... <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, I'm done now. <laughs> Goodbye, thank you, and Cheers, we're everyone. out. <laughs>